Hello, and welcome into episode number three of the Sports Geeky Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer, and I'm talking to you after being up for 34 hours straight at this point, give or take a 20-minute cat nap here and there. I'm in the midst of a five-day stretch of overnight radio on CBS Sports Radio, and, uh, well, this is just day two of it. When you hear this, it'll be day three, and uh, I am already becoming delirious. I am posting selfies of myself on the Sports Kiki podcast page on Twitter, at Sports Kiki Pod. Uh, I am asking people to say something nice about me. I am posting Instagram stories of the bags under my eyes, fishing for compliments, uh, and that is a sign of desperation. Whenever you see me post a bunch of selfies on social media, it's a cry for help. Help, help, help. I can't sleep. I mean, I don't understand how people do it. I, I, I really don't. I'm such a neurotic, nervous, anxious person. I'm one of those people where if I'm not sleeping, I will then become so nervous about the fact that I'm not sleeping, I won't be able to sleep. Uh, it's just, it's just never-ending panic. It's a vicious cycle. So who knows? Who knows where I'll be? Who knows what mental state I will be uh, when you listen to this podcast? But regardless, I'm very excited for you all to listen. I'm going to cut, keep the babbling to a minimum this week because, again, I've been up for like 34 hours straight. But also, we have a really fantastic interview that I want to jump right into. Uh, we're going to speak with somebody who I've been wanting to talk to for a long time. I actually originally wanted to talk to this person when I hosted the Two Outs podcast on WEI with the great Steve Buckley, who you heard on the show last week, received some kind remarks for that interview. Thank you very much. Buck's great. He'll be back soon. Um, I wanted to have this person on the WEI podcast I did with Buck. I was told no, wouldn't quite fit into the station's demographic, which is hard to believe that a uh, former gay porn star didn't fit into Sports Talk Radio's target demo, but <laughs> nonetheless, uh, he did not. So we're very happy to be able to save the interview for the Sports Geeky podcast. Coming up momentarily, you'll hear my conversation with Casey Edenfield, or perhaps you know him by his stage name, Troy Ryan. And yes, we do talk about how in the world you pick a stage name if you are an adult film actor. Um, Casey has a really incredible story. Now, we have a mutual friend who told me a little bit about him, which is why I reached out to him to come on the show in the first place. But I, I am blown away at the adversity Casey has faced in his young life, how he's overcome it, and how now he is thriving. Uh, he was a star high school baseball player who... Like a lot of us, struggled with his sexuality. He came out of the closet before his junior year of high school, and the worst-case scenario happened. He grew up in a conservative household with a conservative father, Ken Edenfield, who actually pitched in the major leagues for a few seasons with the Angels. Um, his friends turned on him. His high school coach was by his side and was his biggest supporter, but then prior to his senior year, his high school coach was forced to resign due to an unrelated issue putting a new coach in charge. Casey grew up, I should mention, in Tennessee, so obviously a very conservative area of the country. Um, and that new coach, a senior high school, kind of derailed his career. He didn't play him at all, even though Casey was one of the best, if not the best players on the team. He was aiming to play in college. He was starting the college recruiting process, and then it just all ended his senior year. He said he played like two-thirds of an inning, and he was like, okay, this is it. And he quit, and that was it for his baseball career. He moved away, and next thing he knows, he was starring in adult films. So, uh, a real at 18 years old, I might add. So, just a, a really incredible and fascinating story. And when I started this podcast all of three weeks ago, uh, these really are the kind of conversations and kind of interviews I wanted to have. And I've already had some of you hit me up on Twitter 
at AlexStreamer1 is my personal handle. That again is at AlexStreamer1. Uh, some of you have said you want to be unofficial producers. You want to help me get some guests. By all means, please do it because your Rolodexes are far greater than mine. Always looking to speak with interesting and fascinating people on the show. Uh, Casey Edenfield certainly fits that category. That conversation is coming up next. It's a Sports Geeky Podcast, Episode 3 on Out Sports and wherever podcasts can be found. Here we are with Casey Edenfield. Uh, see, Casey, I wanted to make sure that we, they could record the call with you. So, you know, we had, we had to double check technology. You're a podcaster. You know, sometimes it works. Oh, yeah, exactly. You got to make sure everything's lined up right. Oh, you were telling me, though, your podcast is basically just you and your buddies drinking beer and talking sports. That sounds when, – when can I come on? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a really good time. You're more than welcome to come on whenever. Uh, we, we get pretty rowdy. and uh, it's, Rowdy? It's uh, pretty, pretty free-filtered. So, Is it beers or do you go to hard, hard stuff too? Yeah, we're all beer drinkers for sure. All beer drinkers? All beer drinkers. And we're really? all on a white ball kick too. On a what kick? We're all on that white claw kick right now. It's great. Oh, white claw. Okay, that's not beer though. Like I'm talking. Well, you no. Know, no, I mean that's you know that 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 that's the best part about it. I I used to be a big beer drinker, especially when I was closeted, and now like I it makes me bloated. I feel like I don't know. Yeah. I, it's like <laughs> yeah, not. I was a I was an IPA guy, but that that's why we switched to the seltzers. IPA. Ooh, that is. That's, that's some heavy stuff. What's your favorite brand? What's the IPA scene like down there down there in Knoxville? I bet you got some good stuff. Uh, well, they've got a lot of really great microbreweries, but probably my favorite is actually uh, a northern Georgia company called Sweetwater. Um, okay. They make, uh, they make a 420 IPA that's really, really good. 420 IPA? That sounds dangerous. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm talking with Casey Edenfield or Troy Ryan. First, My first question I always had is, how does one come up with uh, a porn name? Well, so mine was actually funny. Um, I just moved to Denver right when I started, um, and yes. we sat down and they were they were asking about names, and and I wanted Troy as the first name. I didn't really have a last name picked out, but I was a a big I, I'm a Braves fan first and foremost, but I loved Troy Tulawiski and Carlos uh, Gonzalez with the Rockies. Okay, That's where the Troy came from. Okay. Um, and then we were flipping through a magazine, and there was a picture of Ryan Reynolds, and they were like, "Well, Troy Ryan flows pretty well. We could use that." <laughs> Hold on. So like your porn name, so your so your porn your porn name came from baseball players. That's that's so that's awesome. It did. Yeah. So so who was the so Troy Tolwitzki and Ryan Reynolds had the honor. Yep. So yeah. So we were just we were flipping through a magazine in the uh, studio and uh, just looking at names and, and saying them out loud and that one flowed pretty well. So we we took it and ran with it. Nice. I always wondered if it was like coming up with a drag name. It kind of sounds yeah. like it is, you know. It I don't sort know. Of is. It's Would not you... as, um, you know, some drag names are more like, um, I, well, I don't say out there, but they're like themed. Oh yeah, I mean like... Troy Ryan would be a, a terrible drag name. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, <laughs> that would suck. Um, so so I want to talk first about. I think you have a really interesting story, uh, Casey. So your dad, Ken Edenfield, played for two years in the major leagues, right? Correct, he did. Okay, and, and uh, with the with the Angels. Yes, yeah, and then uh, in '96 he was actually with the Yankees, but he spent all uh, the whole '96 season in Columbus, um, oh. and that was that was the year the Yankees won the series and Columbus won the Triple A series. So, oh, uh, thanks he, to your father, he retired on a high note. 
Do what? What, what was his role in the championship run for the Clippers? Um, he was a relief pitcher. Uh, okay. Was kind, kind of like a second closer, more of a setup guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, that that was always he he never was a starter after after college. Uh, all the way through the uh, all the way through his professional journey, he was a relief guy. Where did you go to college? Where did you play in college? Um, he he went to a, a local um, a local community college here. Um, I can't remember the name of it, and it's one of the top JUCO programs in the country. Um, Walter State Community College, um, and then he went to Western Kentucky for two years. After that, um, he, he his draft story is actually pretty funny because there was a scout uh, for the Angels that was uh, there to watch him, and I, I think they were playing Jackson State or somebody like that. And it was a it was a pretty chippy game, um, and he threw behind a guy and got warned, um, and then the next pitch earholed him, and both pitches cleared. So that was <laughs> that was when the scout was like, "Hey, I kind of like this guy." <laughs> okay, and what were the minor leagues like? So so how, so how, how did it work from there? Well, um, I haven't asked him too much about it. He spent most of his time in Vancouver in AAA um, mm-hmm. when when he was with the Angels. Uh, he went back and forth from. Uh, Anaheim to Vancouver most of the time because uh, that was before they moved to Salt Lake. Um, and what year? And what years were this pitch for the Angels? Uh, you're looking eighty-eight to ninety-five. Okay, and so yeah. you were born when? How old are you? I was born in ninety-six. Okay, so, so you, you missed um, it. <laughs> yeah, I was born in ninety-six. He, uh, I was born in January. He finished the ninety-six season in Columbus and then retired after that. So growing up, baseball was always a big thing. Yeah, it was. And actually, um, you know, my dad played for the Yankees. He's a Red Sox fan, but he doesn't really follow baseball um, like he does football or basketball, actually. Uh-huh. So that was always what was on in the house. Um, so how'd you get, in, so you got, how'd you get into sports? Um, just sitting on the couch on Sundays. He had every Sunday off. We'd, we'd sit there and watch sports. And, uh, you know, I remember being eight, nine years old in the back of his truck, you know, reading off stats. Um, as we're going down the road for a game or, um, you know, we, we went to a bunch of Steelers games. Um, both me and him are diehard Steelers fans. Um, we go down to Atlanta, go to Braves games. Uh, so that just, it was always a, a culture in the house. That was his escape from work. And so, uh, it kind of made me what I am. How does that work? So you Tennessee Braves, I get, how did the Steelers come out? Well, he grew up in the seventies. Um, with the steel okay. curtain, and so it, it, that that was always his team, and and growing up, that became my team too. Nice. Um, so, what do you think, Roethlisberger? Is, is he gonna come back and weigh four hundred pounds this year? What's what's the over under that? <laughs> well, he's gonna lose about fifty of it whenever he shaves that beard off. So <laughs> awful. That, that help. <laughs> oh, it's gross. It's terrible. Um, That's so crazy. you played. So you played lots of sports growing up. Good athlete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, baseball was always kind of the one sport I gravitated towards more. Right. Um, but I did, I did play basketball growing up. Um, I dabbled in some whitewater kayaking and skiing and stuff like that. That was a little more off the grid, but um, okay. baseball was kind of always the the go to. And, and you were a really good baseball player. You played in high school, and, and you were you were thinking about playing in college. Is that correct? Or I was. Yeah. Um, a couple opportunities were starting to present themselves. It was very small opportunities, nothing very major. Yeah. Um, but at least something to continue playing. Cause I wasn't ready to be done after high school. So did you go through an actual recruiting process or N- nothing really ever stuck, but I also didn't get to finish my senior year. So, 
Um, I think that would have probably changed a few things. Why did you not finish your senior year? Well, we, we got a new coach my senior year who found out um, – well, I, I came out of the closet in uh, my junior year. Um, well, okay. I love my coach. Um, he got forced to resign for, for being a coach. Um, politics got involved, um, yelled at one of the freshmen. The parents went to the athletic director. It's a, it's a big mess. So we got a new coach for my senior year. Um, and immediately, like two weeks in, one of my teammates came up to me and said, hey, you know, you know coach knows you're out, right? And I was like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't mean anything i don't care like i didn't i didn't think anything of it um and then through the first two weeks of our season um i got two-thirds of an inning of playing time um and so i went and turned in my uniform and i basically said i've got better things to do with my time have a good one um and heard something pretty discouraging from my teammate the next day about what he said at practice just kind of confirmed what i thought was happening wow so I, I feel like I backed into that. So, so, so you, so you came out your junior high school. Um, yes. what, what did you have? Did you always know you were gay? What like that? Cause that's early. I mean, that's, that's an early time to come out. Yeah. Um, no, I honestly didn't come to come to terms with it until I got hit on by a guy for my first time. And like, really? Yeah. Like the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. And, uh-huh. you know, I kind of wrote it off because, being from the South, being from the Bible Belt, conservative family, I was like pushing that idea out of my head. Like, no, that's not okay. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you know, I probably would do something with a guy. And I thought, you know, oh, I'm just bisexual. I can't write that off. You know, I, I can't ever give up girls. And then like two weeks later, I was like, no, it all makes sense now. That's why I never dated in middle school. I remember when I came out to my friends event, my high school friends, like they're like, dude, we always knew like you never texted with girls ever. Like, you know. Yes. <laughs> so that that ex- that explained that. Um. So so you said you had you grew up in a conservative household. I did. Yes. I can't. I can't imagine what uh what was what was it like when you when you told your folks. Well, so my mom is actually she's she's pretty liberal, but I okay. didn't really grow up with her. I went to her house on the weekends, type of thing, and I lived with my dad most of the time, and he he's pretty conservative um he's not too into politics but just his ideas and beliefs you know he he kind of shows his conservative tendencies in everyday life and um when i came out to him we actually went to counseling um and you know have you ever noticed with some people you just have to tell them one thing for it and it clicks they understand yeah it was it was kind of like that for him so the counselor you know he his big thing he's like if he's never done anything with a girl how come he knows he doesn't like it the counselor looked right at him and said, well, Ken, if you've never done anything with a guy, how come you know you don't like it? He was like, okay, you know what? I get it now. Like, huh. It all makes sense. Wow. So, yeah. and from there on, it, it, it improved your relationship with your yeah. father? Really? Yeah. He's wow. Been super supportive of it. I've brought every guy I've ever dated around. He's been, you know, he calls them more than he calls me sometimes. So. <laughs> I actually told my mom on my own terms. I didn't get to tell my dad on my own terms. He found out, which made it a, it made it even harder. How did he find out? Uh, Twitter. Twitter. So Twitter. all So so just so so just take me through. When when was this? Uh, this was my junior year of high school, right after I had came out, and I came out on Twitter. Uh. And I did not know that he had been watching my Twitter. Oh. It wasn't private. I didn't Got think it. I even had a Twitter. 
Okay. So you have this experience with, with the guy for the first time the summer before your sophomore year of high school, right? So I'm just trying yeah. to get the timeline. So then, and so then how long did it take you to, cause you know, cause me, like I actually didn't have an experience with a guy until I actually had come out. Like I didn't even need to try it. So how long did it take yeah. between you trying it to announcing it? It was about two years. Um, two it was, years. It was the beginning of my junior year or so. Well, I'd say a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my biggest fear was baseball. I didn't want that to be messed up. I'd been playing with a lot of those guys since I was six and seven years old. And, you know, again, in the South, those, those, those general tendencies come up with those guys. And I didn't want to jeopardize that for anything. Um, but eventually I, I told myself I had to for my own mental health and for my own well-being. I've got to be honest with everybody else and be honest with myself. Um, and so I, I made the jump and did it. That's, that's incredible. And how did, how did, how, and how did they react? How do your friends react? Um, pretty negatively. Um, really? I actually don't talk, I don't talk to any of those guys anymore nowadays. Um, Jesus. You know, we, we follow each other on social media and, we'll, you know, every now and then give each other a like, but that's, that's about the only interaction I have with them. Did you play with them for your junior season after you came out? I did. How was that? And it was, it was weird, especially because our, our starting catcher that year was actually my best friend at the time. Um, and after I came out, he completely cut me off um, outside of, of baseball. So it made it really awkward. I can't even imagine. It was, did you – I can't even imagine. That must have been just – I would have been so pissed during that time. Yeah, I was. But at the same time, when I came out, I gained a lot of new friends. And it, oh, okay. it almost kind of, it opened my eyes up to who I, who I was. It, it helped me identify more than just my, my sexual orientation, you know, who I was as a person, what did I believe in? Um, because these guys that I thought were my friends, you know, a little thing that doesn't affect them, all of a sudden they want nothing to do with me. And there's people on the other side who, who think it's great and want to embrace it and support me. And, and it, it really helped me find my morals. And, and why did you still play baseball, even though it was, I mean, it was, it was uncomfortable? A little bit. And that's what made quitting my senior year easier because I had probably my biggest supporter at the time was um, my coach. And that was, that was my guy. And then when he got forced to resign, it just made it not fun anymore. Do you think your uh, coming out had to do with his resignation or was it totally separate? No, no, that was totally separate. Um, we had a – the reason he got – I could tell the story. Um, we were playing a team that actually won state the, the previous year. We were we were down 3-2 going into the last inning, and he told everybody to take 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 a pitch till you get a strike. Um, let's get some base runners on. You know, let's move some people around. Let's, let's, let's get on the board. And um, we had a freshman catcher, um, backup catcher at the time, who, who was playing. And very first pitch of the inning, he just takes the biggest swing he possibly could and missed. Um, so our coach called Tom, put him on the bench, pinch hit for him, and then after the game just laid into him. Uh, we ended up losing 3-2. And um, the athletic director got calls from the parent of the of the freshman, and it just it was it was a mess. Politics got involved. So so juniors really uncomfortable on the baseball team, coach is forced out um new coach coming in why'd you return for your senior season 
Um, because I wanted I wanted to continue playing past past high school. Um, you know, I I had developed really well over my junior year. My junior year was my best year that I'd had, and I wanted to come and build on it my senior year and, and see what see what would happen. And and how quickly and you knew instantly that this is very different and not not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. The whole attitude had changed, um, especially Easy. directed towards me. Um, you know, I was a I was a senior who had who had started a lot of my sophomore year and pretty much all of my junior year, and I was, you know, other seniors warming up with other seniors. Those guys were going out, hanging out. And you know I'm warming with I'm warming up pregame with the incoming freshmen. Like I don't even have a throwing partner, like a consistent throwing partner on the team, much let alone anything else. It's kind of rough. What was your relationship like with your dad at this time? Um, in my senior year it was good. Um, I actually had a um I had a relationship my senior year of high school. Um, it was long distance, but it was uh, it was a guy I met off Instagram, but. He would come here. I would go there. We we got to see each other, and um, my dad was like, "Sure, he can stay here. That's fine." Oh, great. Okay, so, so this was after the uh, the coming to Jesus moment, if you will, in the in the counseling session. <laughs> yeah, he he actually came to terms with it pretty quickly. It only took him about two or three months after he found out for him to realize, okay, well, this is part of life, and it, yeah. it doesn't bother me now. So so you're you're young, you're gay, you you want to thrive. You're in you're in Tennessee. What what were your next steps from there? So after I quit baseball and realized that I wasn't going to school, I was going to actually move with my boyfriend at the time. I mean, he lived in Delaware, mm-hmm. um, and we were uh, hitting it off pretty well. Well, then that, that ended up falling through, um, and one of my best friends was like, hey, I'm moving to Denver. And I'd wanted to live in Denver since I was 11, 12 years old. We, we went out there for vacation. My family had a cabin up in the mountains. Um, I loved it out there. And so I was like, I'm in. Let's go. And when did you, when when did you get into to acting? When did you get into porn? Yeah, so that came right after I moved to Denver. I had to ask. Um, the, actually, I was trying I, to find the best way to ask the questions. So I decided to ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfect in the timeline. So I actually oh, applied God, right before I moved to Denver, and I got a call back from him, and um, I said, "Give me about two weeks. Let me move out of out of the out of the state. So my, you know, I don't want my family knowing. Then I can kind of sneak off and and do it." What made you decide to go to the to the shoot? How'd you find out about um, the shoot? First of all, I I wouldn't even know how to find a porn shoot. Yeah, so I was actually on an app uh, flying back through the Seattle airport um, from vacation one time, and this guy hit me up saying that he was a recruiter for the company, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. So I gave it a shot. I applied. Just you know, I didn't really think anything of it, and then about two weeks later, I got a call back um, saying that they wanted to fly me out and 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 shoot. And, you know, the, with new models in the industry, you don't really know if they're going to stick or if they're not. So I didn't fly back out for another two or three months after my first two scenes, but they stuck. I was, I was building a following. They stuck. So they, they ended up signing me to a contract. But, but what made you consider it? You know, like if I got a message, let's say like on Grindr or, and, you know, any app and someone said I'm a recruiter, like, you know, I'd be flattered, of course. But, but then I'd be like, is this a yeah. hoax? Like, I don't want to give you my information. Just what made you decide to, to go through with this? So, yeah, I, I didn't believe what the guy said. I was like, hey, he, you know, he's full of shit, but whatever. I'll entertain the idea. And um, the actual application is on the, the company's website. So 
um, it's secure information. Um, I knew I wasn't just giving it to somebody random. Um, and then I needed money at the time. I'd moved to a, a big city where the, the cost of living was high. I was a, a server at Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, so I, I needed some cash and, and that was an easy way to make it. Not to mention 18 years old and I'm, I'm getting to fly out to San Diego once a month and, and live it up for, for free pretty much. Why not? Well, so you were, were you interested in doing porn though? It didn't bother me. Um, I'd never like entertained the idea before, but um, after the the first time I flew down, I, I enjoyed the company of the people that I was around, um, and they made me feel really comfortable about it. Um, and then I was like, you know, I could, I could do this. Absolutely. So they fly you to San Diego. What company is this? Uh, this is Helix Studios. Okay, so they fly you to San Diego, and and what's mm-hmm. in in your green and and you land, and then what? Um, so they take pick me, me through up, the they porn shoot. Back. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they pick you up and they take you back to the house. Um, you get to meet everybody. Um, they say, okay, you know, tonight we're going to just hang out at the house. We're probably cooking this. Feel free to use the pool or hot tub or whatever. Okay, cool. Um, and then after that, you, you wake up the next morning. Um, the, at the time the shoots were done in the house or at the studio, either or, um, well, you get tested that first day too. I should probably bring that up. They take you and you get tested to make sure there's nothing. Um, and then once the test results come back and you're good, you shoot that next day. Um, it's about a four to six hour process, just depending. Um, you know, they, they do what's called B-roll, which is like the story leading up to the actual sex. And then you walk through the entire scene and take the still shots, the pictures. And then you take a little bit of a, of a break and then you roll all the video. Um, and then after that, we high five each other, go get some food and, and hang out and then, you know, do the next thing the next day. And you're, and, and, and you're not, uh, in so many days is, is this? Typically it's about four to five days. Four to five days. Okay. Of these guys, uh, naked. So you never felt comfortable being naked in front of people. Just never. Uh, the first time it was pretty tough, um, okay. especially with the lights and two cameras and, you know, people pointing this out. Hey, try this. Um, but eventually I learned to just kind of, it's very, it's very much a show. Um, it depends too, because if I'm really into one guy, it's a lot easier than if I'm just kind of add about one guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a production. It's it, the the actual scenes themselves are a job for sure. So it is a job. Are you so are you enjoying yourself when you're on camera, or are you are you working? Can you do both? No, I'm def I'm definitely working, but I I can enjoy. I, it it also depends on what point in that we we are. Because like the videos were a lot easier because it was more natural. I could just kind of focus in on the on the guy and and do what comes natural. But the the still shots are a little bit different um, because you're having to kind of go frame by frame. And, and focus on, you know, move your leg here, do this, do that. Um, that one was a little bit tougher, but. Did, did, what did your dad, would you, did you think about what your dad would think? Did you, you didn't tell your dad what? No, so I wasn't going to tell my family at all. And to be honest, I didn't think I was going to stick. I thought, uh, you know, I'll get two or three scenes in, make my quick money and, and never speak of it again. Um, and then actually the first time I flew out, uh, my ex found out and was <sighs> super vindictive about it and called my dad and that's how he found out um 
What? So that was that was interesting. What was that conversation like? Uh, we didn't talk for a couple months. Did you know? Did you did you know that you did you have a feeling your father would react in that fashion? No, I really didn't know how he was going to react. D and uh, and what and how did you feel after after the fallout? Um, it, it kind of hurt, but yeah. Eventually, um, we had to talk about it, and he was like, "You know, you're an adult now. You're going to make your own decisions. Um, just don't don't talk about it, and try and keep it from the rest of the family." And I was like, "That's that's fine." Eventually, the rest of my family found out, and um, we had to deal with that that. Uh, fall out as well but um i don't i look back at it i don't regret it because i enjoyed my time and, and and what i did and eventually you know my dad came to terms with it like kind of like he did when i came out yeah i was gonna ask what was the best thing about being in the industry um honestly it's the people that i met while i was in it um because the company that i worked for was truly more like a family than it was a, a production studio um you know, I'm still in contact with a lot of those guys. I actually just got a, a a DM on Twitter the other day from one of my directors that was like, "Hey, you need to come visit soon. We miss you." Um, that's it. I made friends out of it. That was probably the coolest part. Yeah, I was gonna ask, what other kind of people do porn? What other kind of people do you meet? Um, well, it's it's really a broad spectrum, and that's why I like it a lot. You know, you get guys from all over the country from different backgrounds, and um you know, at different cultures and, and it's cool to kind of see it all blend together and mesh together. Do you ever think that if like, let's say you come out and like your baseball friends are like, Hey man, this is awesome. Coach is like, you know, Casey, you know, you're, you're the star. We're getting you to school. Do you think you would have still answered that guy who hit you up about the tryout? Definitely not. No. Yeah. I would not. And, and I, I even thought about that question a few times before because I'm like, you know, it's funny how one decision or can lead to another. That you know, something as as simple as me saying, "Hey, I'm I'm done with baseball because of how I'm being treated," um, led to that, and it was it's just kind of funny how it all plays out. You know, you really never know what's going to happen. So you want? Did you want to be rebellious? Do you think that played into it? A little bit. A little bit. You know, I'm 18. I've, I'm out of the house. I'm in a different city. Um, you know, I, I've got my own apartment, my first apartment. Like, time to tear it up. Have a good time. Seemed like a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and how long did you do it? How long did you do it? Um, so I was probably in the, let's see, I'd say three years or so. Yeah. So three, what's three the years. so what's the timetable? Fourteen to what? Seventeen, eighteen, or? Yeah, it sounds about right. About halfway through uh, seventeen. How many shoots during that span? Um, I had, I believe it was twenty seventeen. Oh. Okay. So what else are you doing while you're acting? Um, like at the time. Yeah. Um. Actually, I was just a server. Okay. I, I was a server at Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay. And then yeah. you're flying out to San Diego for these shoots, you know, however many times per year. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I did some, uh, on the weekends, I would do some uh, ski patrol work when I was living in Colorado. Um, when I got back to Tennessee and I was still doing it is when I got into sales. Um, and I actually worked uh, at a cell phone store. I worked for Sprint. Um, 
and that kind of introduced me to the sales world. And then once uh, once I got serious with my last ex, I quit. I quit the porn and, and got into um, car sales, and that's how I ended up where I'm at now. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to ask. I mean, I mean, it took off. You have like 134,000 followers on Twitter. I mean, a, a huge presence. I mean, it, you're, it really took off. Did you ever – were you ever concerned about – Yeah, you know, I, I thought I could kind of keep it under wraps. Um, you know, and like I said, I didn't expect for it to take off like it did. So, you know, I thought it would just be easy to kind of sweep it under the rug. But, um, like all my, all my coworkers here at the dealership, they know about it. They know about my background. They actually joke around with me sometimes, you know, I'll get a, I'll get a page to the sales desk from my manager and it'll be, you know, Troy to the sales desk instead of Casey. Um, so it, <laughs> in this, in this business, it's, uh, you know, it's not so taboo. Um, and car sales is, uh, very um vulgar so a lot of them get a kick out of it how does how does one transition out of porn what made you decide to hang it up um so it was um i got super serious with a guy at the time um and he understood that it was a job and he also understood that i was doing it before i met him so he didn't ask me to stop but I could tell, like, he would drop me off at the airport, and I could just see the dejection in his body language, um, and it made me feel bad. So I kind of just made the decision consciously that I didn't want to put – like, he was more important than that. I didn't want to put him through that anymore because um, this is after, like, two and a half, three years of dating. And so I made the conscious decision to stop, and when they asked me to renew my contract – I fulfilled my contract, and then when they asked me to renew, I just told them, I said, you know, let me – let me sit back and think about it for a couple months. And then I just never signed another one. And if you hadn't been dating your, your now ex, do you think you would have stopped or kept going? Um, it depends. Uh, I'll pro yeah, I mean, probably. Um, if I was doing what I'm doing now, then no. But I might not be doing what I'm doing now if I was still doing it. So. Yeah, I mean – I guess, like, what's a typical career span? I mean, you start your 18, that's, you know, obviously really young. What's the, what's the average, what's the career span like? At, you know, it seems like you're working for a major studio too, like a legit operation. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really big company. And I, you know, I could have probably made a career out of it if I had chose to, especially like, you know, once I get older and, and my body's not what it was and, and all that, then I can transition into the production side of things. Um, but I don't know, I just never considered that when i was that young you know i just thought it was temporary at the time yeah that's so young 18 were, were your how old were your co-stars um a lot of them were 18 19 20 um same age as me wow um were you under pressure i was wondering are, are porn are, are you under pressure to keep your body a certain way when you're acting well not necessarily um because they're like i, I had a contract obligation they had to they had to show me and i had to shoot um but at the same time you know if if i'm gonna do anything i'm gonna want to be really good at it so <laughs> i wanted to i did it on my own terms to kind of you know keep the following going and all of that good stuff um once, once i got out you know I've, I've i haven't focused on it as much but um yeah i mean i, I definitely wanted to set my own standard so tell me Kurt Schilling called you a porn clown on Twitter once. How did how did that happen? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I love this. Oh, so it's funny because the only mention on my on my Twitter at the time about porn was Helix Studios model. 
So I really kind of was like, okay, Kurt, if you know I do porn, is it, you must know what Helix Studios is. <laughs> Why do you know what that is? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, did he get back to you, Big I got a kick out of it. Do what? Did he get back to you? No, no. He uh, Actually, I believe he blocked me after that. Oh, I've been blocked. Schilling once, I, I did an interview with him, and he once then texted me after saying that he hopes that my wife one day has big balls because I certainly don't. And I'm like, Kurt, no worries. Definitely that will happen. <laughs> like, so, taking care of. Taking care of That'll Kurt. All right. So, uh, Kate. Yes. Uh, it's just, it, he sounds like a, a wonderful human being. Said oh, he's a great He's a great man. So Casey Edenfield. Yeah. Casey, thanks for coming on the Sports Kiki podcast. Tell me about your podcast. Yeah, so, so our yeah. podcast is Balls and Brews. Right now we've got six episodes up. It has just started. Um, we're currently on Anchor. I'm uh, looking to move over into the uh, iTunes podcast side of things. Um, but, yeah, it's me and my best friend. We're total opposite people. Um, I'm gay. He's straight. I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican. But we Ugh. just get along really well because we're both huge sports nuts. Um, so it, we get drunk and talk about sports, and we have a good time and kind of banter with each other. Who do you got in the primary? Uh, who do I have in the primaries? Yeah, I really want. It. I really want Elizabeth Warren. Right. Yeah, she's my number two. I like that she's uh, she's very she's vicious. I mean, I love the way she's going after Bloomberg, and she's smart as oh, hell. Me too. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of what she's saying is is kind of being it's it's. It's a little more moderate than what Bernie's pushing, which I don't like. I actually like the agenda of Bernie better. But at the same time, I think that hers are a little more thought out. You know, she, she's yeah. really good at putting a plan together. And that's kind of what I respect. She's got the plan for that. Listen, All right. All right. I really Kate. want to see her debate Trump. That would be fantastic. Oh, if he would, he, I bet you he wouldn't agree to do it. He know that she would just <laughs> rip him apart. Oh, I could only wish. Casey, thanks for kicking, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Anytime, Alex. And, and if you ever want to come on to Balls and Brews, just message me and let me know. We'll, we'll be glad to have you. Depends on whether you're drinking seltzers or IPAs. Seltzer, yeah. yes. <laughs> IPA, no. Right. <laughs> we'll bring out the hard liquor for that one. All right. So hopefully you uh, enjoyed the uh, conversation and interview with Casey slash Troy as much as I enjoyed conducting it. Uh, and no, I didn't just have him on so I could slide into his DMs and continue a DM conversation with him now that spanned several days, though maybe that was at least partially my motivation. Uh, but in all honesty, awesome conversation. You can find him on Twitter, at Troy Ryan XXX. He's more than willing to reach out and talk with anybody. Uh, I think he had a good time, or at least I had a good time. That's really all that matters. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it was a great conversation. Listen to his podcast as well. Just a bunch of guys sitting around drinking some beers, talking sports, bloatedness aside, that doesn't sound like a bad deal. Uh, as always, we're pumping out great content all week on OutSports. Continue to read that. Uh, subscribe and download to the show. We have a rating for the OutSports podcasts in the iTunes store. Apple Podcasts is always much appreciated. And we'll talk to you next. We'll kick you again next Saturday. So long.